said, you know, you've done this painting for three hours or three days. So it kind of really doesn't work that way. No, no, it doesn't work that way. But oddly enough, uh, in some way, it is quite dramatic. I served the painting. Mm-hmm. The painting uh, mm-hmm. is insistent <laughs> upon, right. upon, upon things. So, uh, no, it is. It doesn't matter really if it takes three days or, or two weeks or whatever the case may be, but in a very real way, I do serve that painting. It has, I feel it is a real something that I need to, this painting wants something, I need to give that what it, what it wants. Hello, this is the BRD Artist Highlight Podcast. This is my conversation with Mr. Gordon Klassen very talented watercolor artist living right here in Red Deer, Alberta. You can find Gord's work hanging in galleries all over town, but the truth is he only took up painting in a serious way after retiring from a very different career. So how did he do it? Why did he do it? You're about to hear how and why from Mr. Gordon Klassen. Welcome everyone. We are down here at 8 Plus Art Gallery. And my name's Stuart, and we are sitting down with Gordon Klassen today. How are you? Doing good, Stuart. How are you? Uh, I'm having a great day for our listeners. What, what type of artist would you say you are? Well, it's a, I use watercolors. Okay. So that, that's the medium, but um, what type of artist? Uh, I have a hard time figuring out just where it fits because it's, a, it's a not, not your traditional portraiture or mm-hmm. landscape it's uh it's not abstract no we're not sure where it fits it's highly imaginative right um, so i'm actually not sh- sure what word one would use to describe that i mean i don't think it's a problem if you don't fit neatly into a yeah. category it does ha- it does give me an idea like if you were to say you work primarily in watercolor yes then, okay i guess but then just at a glance i wouldn't necessarily know that his paintings were watercolor Right. Watercolor often is a little looser, mm-hmm. and, uh, and mine is quite controlled and quite detailed. Yeah. But what I like about it is it's great for uh, blending colors and flowing from one, one to another and showing the lightest touch, kind of a luminosity, mm. and uh, a light to it that I really like. Right. And, uh, luminosity. Yeah. It kind yeah. of shines through. You know. Well, that would be a difficult what would you call it, like essence to put into your work? Like how do I, well, so (laughs) for everyone, I mean, you primarily started painting once you had retired. Yeah, so 2000, I started painting, I guess, in 2017, but I started working on art in 2000, late 2016. I retired in June of 2016. with with some thought of going back to work, but then by the fall, I kind of decided, well, that's not going to happen. So then I started to, pursue my career in art, mm-hmm. and I started uh, studying this book by Kaima Nicolades, The Natural Way to Draw, and um, I worked on that for nearly a year, about three hours a day, and it is uh, tons and tons of exercises on how to draw and how to capture the spirit of, of what you're looking at and the, the energy of what you're looking at and put that onto paper. So 2016? Yeah, into 2017 I worked on that, that book. And that's quite recent. It is very recent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And all of you should check out, I mean, later on we'll sort of lay out like your Instagram and where you can see yeah. Gordon's work, but you should really see it because this really drives home what, whatever you want to call it, regular practice or, or right. deliberate yeah. practice or whatever you want to call it, like how the results, how they add up. Yeah, do that hard work. Basically. Yeah. 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 I mean, so you were in cabinetry yep yeah installing cabinetry and architectural millwork yeah. architectural millwork yeah. was the other one yeah and as as far as things go pretty blue collar yes i would say so yes. yeah. yeah yeah it does have the creative side still i would guess i mean as far as did you get to decide how they were going to look or did you sort of get given blueprints and then say yeah, hey. it, yeah. it would be given blueprints and you and you would do as as per instructions but actually, you know, I think a lot of people in the trades, like the carpentry or even metalwork, there's a lot of artistic people in mm-hmm. the trades. And you see that often. You do. And I know, like, a lot of the welders I used to know could make all kinds yeah, of Because they always make, amazing. like, a fire pit or right. a 
have one dude made like weight benches for yeah. himself to work out yeah. with and stuff. Yeah, I knew this one gentleman who did like stair stair railings, mm. and um, it's beautiful work. They're very intricate and ornamental. And yeah, and that's just artistic. Yeah, expression. Yeah. It is absolutely. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I don't know, but I imagine like you can. People will pay if you can design their custom railings and stuff. They'll just like cabinetry. It's a good way to make a living. Yes. I imagine. Yeah. That's the one thing about being an electrician. I mean, you can make it look neat, right. but it's you're not really sculpting anything. Right, yeah. yeah. You, you basically, I guess, you could set up something that like had colorful lights. Right. You'd yeah. wire it fancy. I suppose that's where it would come in. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, it's kind of funny looking at some, like, even drywalling, I guess, is probably an art to you. No offense to any drywallers out there. I just never, <laughs> never really did much of it. You know, you got, uh, it, no one I know gets excited to do mudding right. and all that, so there is an art to it. Yeah, 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 just try to do some. Just, and you right, still find like, out. <laughs> if wise guy put this on the ceiling, like, yeah. drywall lifting and all that stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I guess, to bring it back to you, so you were working long weeks, like 40 hours or more. It would, it would, a 40-hour week would be a short week. Okay. That, that was a short week, for I sure. I think what I was trying to say was 40 years. Am yeah, I closer 40, to the market? Yeah, well, I, I left home when I was 17. Right. And um, I stopped working when I was uh, 60 and a half about. So, like, so I guess 43 some years of yeah. slogging away yeah. in the mines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you go from that routine and, and then over to working inside your own house. And so, in a way, the scale of it is a lot more concentrated. Very right yeah, in front of you. absolutely yeah, and the whole tempo is different and stress yeah. levels are different and right and it's still busy but in a different way like now I might uh, take half an hour to drink my coffee in the morning and mm -hmm. and do some work but then uh, if I feel like it later on I stop and have another coffee or go for a walk so it's just a whole different pace because the painting doesn't really care about your schedule right like as far as when you get getting through it, it doesn't. You can't say I'm going to be done this painting in three hours or two right. days. Right? It kind of right. doesn't work that way. No, no, it doesn't work that way. But oddly enough, um, in some way, it is quite the master. I serve the painting. Mm -hmm. The painting uh, <laughs> is insistent upon right. upon, <laughs> upon things. So uh, no, it is. It doesn't matter really if it takes three days or or two weeks or whatever the case may be, but. In a very real way, I do serve that painting. It has, I feel that there's a real something that I, I need to, this painting wants something, I need to give that what it, what it wants. Yeah, you had mentioned that. I'm going to find the note where you said, you said the painting, you said it can feel like the painting is looking for something. And then you said that as far as like the creative process goes, the way you think of it is almost like the painting is already done in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and you are sort of trying to get it to that point. Right, yeah. I think what we've been talking, we had been talking about uh, inspiration uh, mm. leading to the painting or the painting leading or yeah. initiating inspiration uh, as in um, if one can move away for a little bit from the idea of time moving in a linear fashion. If we can think of that, uh, the initial inspiration for that painting and the completed painting both existing simultaneously but in their own whole moment in time. So the painting I'm working on right now, it's, it's already complete and, and existing in, within this moment. And that the moment of inspiration also exists as does this moment right here, right now. Mm -hmm. Just we happen to just experience each one. Right now, in this moment, I can only experience this one, but those still exist. So did that inspiration result in the painting, or did that painting result in the inspiration? And so then the inspiration, so the painting, one could say, uh, like uh, being choreographed, needs inspiration, needs all this work in between, including my mistakes along the way. That's all part of the choreography of arriving mm -hmm. at this end painting. And just perhaps the end painting has drawn all that to happen. 
bright. That's the interesting way of looking at it. And kind of encouraging in a way because you don't feel like you're working on something. You don't feel like you're digging in sand. Like it's, it's not something that's constantly moving away from you. Right. It's almost, yeah. it's almost that much more attainable and real. And it's real. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, I mean, sometimes the real and uh, not real can get a little mixed up when working closely with imagination. And, uh, right. But yeah, it does. Even again, to reference the painting I'm working on right now, it's not complete as we sit here this moment. Right. But yet, it feels complete, and I just gotta do my steps along the way to to bring it there. I mean, sometimes I feel like uh, I'm experiencing some kind of imagination property or famine, like nothing's mm. going on, like and. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it does feel like often feel like it comes from somewhere else, and you just have to right. be be in a receptive state. Now, that's a great thing to, to wonder about because I think a lot of artists, completely seriously, this is why we can think of like a Jim Morrison type artist that indulge in a lot of like let's say drug use because yeah. they're trying to get back into right. that spark. Yeah, because it's so frustrating. Yes, when. Right. have that going on. Yes. Hi, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't indulge in, uh, in drugs to make that happen. However, no, of course I'm not. Sure, well, you never know. You never know. <laughs> but but uh, there are other ways, like just trying to get into in a kind of a relaxed uh, state of mind mm -hmm. and, uh, and just opening self, oneself up to, uh, I guess, to be in a place where that I, that idea can just kind of open that door and just stroll into your mind and, and grab hold of your attention. And there's different things you can do that. And even just going for a walk helps mm -hmm. sometimes. And sometimes actually I gaze into, uh, into this little tiny black stone I have here. So you can see it's like about a millimeter, millimeter and a half thick. About it's 12 very, millimeters very wide, a little bit egg shaped. And I, just, and I just look into that thing like this. And uh, you should try it later. And <laughs> and it, it appears like there's uh, no depth. It's just like there's unlimited depth. It just goes in and in, even though it's a million, million, millimeter and a half thick. It just goes in and in and in. And sometimes mm -hmm. you get a little sense of some actual movement in there. Right. And um, and just gazing into that thing kind of puts me into a into a state of mind where where ideas come. You can't take inspiration for granted. You know when you're forcing it, yeah. And you know, like you say, when when you feel like it's a famine or sort of this dearth of ideas, yeah. like I'm doing this again. I don't know if you've heard, but like musicians, like guitarists, but probably all of them, they'll do like sound checks. Or they'll always have a mic going, recording their sound check. Okay, yeah. Because that's when they'll start noodling and they oh, they're practicing, yeah, yeah. warming up, and then all of a yes. sudden, boom! We have to keep this. This is the start of a new song, and then they'll. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll have it because they recorded it. So right. it's not lost in time, yeah, right? But yeah. With instruments, yeah. that if you didn't record it, you will never, two days later, you'll never remember what you did. That's, yeah, I can really get that. And it's, uh, for me, it's kind of like I get into a state sometimes where it's uh, imagine with abandon. So just, mm -hmm. just imagination just going without any boundaries. It's like, uh, like kids imagine. Yeah. Like any, anything is possible, anything goes. But um, I can sit there and do that, but if I don't make a little note about something that comes to my mind, later it's gone. Yeah. And, and even even a few minutes later, and I think, wow, I should have written that down, because now I don't know what yep. that was. I have to do it right away. That's so unfair. <laughs> no, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it just... Again, that gives you that feeling that it's maybe not coming from you, because if it was, yeah. why wouldn't it stick around? Right, yeah. yeah. There is that feeling. I mean, who knows what the truth is about I, that? But there is that feeling, yes. Yeah. That you're just opening yourself up to something and the <clears> stuff <throat> just starts flowing. Even if you just want to think of it as having the respect for your intuition. Yeah. If it yeah. comes to you, oh, I'm not just going to forget about it, I'm going to write it down, and then everything works out, right. however it got to you. Yes. Do you remember the first thing you drew? No, that's a good question. No, I don't. However, I uh, I did have this kind of scrapbook I drew in when I was just a, a wee lad, and uh, 
I didn't know where it went to. It was just gone. And then, but then a few years ago, my sister told me that she had it. Whoa. And she gave it back to me. And so that was kind of interesting. So I have these, um, these pictures I drew from back, I don't know what I would have been, maybe 11 or something. It's like right. pictures of pirates and yeah. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That, it's amazing that she would still have that. Yeah. That it would still be existing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty special. Yeah. yeah. Did you see, did it look like someone else drew it? Like you were looking at someone else's sketchbook or did you sort of see anything that you went, oh, that, that makes sense. Like I can totally see that I drew that. Yeah, I, th I think I could see that I drew that, but, but now that you say, make that point, often I'll work on a painting. Actually, pretty much always this happens. I'll work on a painting. And it's somewhere along in the process, I just don't like it anymore. Mm. I think this is not working out, and I'm really disappointed in it, and I consider abandoning it. But I carry on, and I finish it. And it's kind of, well, it's okay. It's all right. But then maybe a week later or whatever, I'll walk by it and I see it and I think, yeah, I wish I could have done that. Mm. You know? <laughs> so it's like later on I appreciate it for what it is. It seems to be a common thread among like visual artists that you have to even come back to it. Yeah, definitely have to, yeah. Yeah. Which is good to know. Yeah. Because if, if someone does find themselves running into that block. It's not a permanent block. It's just right. there for for whatever reason. I, it's kind of like if you were a tennis player and you get like tennis elbow, you just got to like recover right. and then your game's going to be right back where it was. Yeah. That's not a tennis player, folks. Like that could be a terrible analogy. But I guess what I'm saying is like if you get burned out, you can always come back to it. That's right. Yeah. You can get creatively burnt out. So. You can. So for me, for sure, I have to sometimes just walk away from it. And, and there's times I decide, well, this, I'm just tired of this. I'm not doing this anymore. That's, I'm, mm. I'm done. I can spend, find other ways to spend my days. But then, after a very short while, another painting demands that I do it. So then there I am again serving the painting. So, so, I come, so I'm back to when I have to do it. Yeah. Now, you were saying earlier about you couldn't really put your, your style in like a certain like category, mm -hmm. I guess. Now, not so much with these ones. But I was looking at a few online, and there was one, okay, the painting is called, excuse me, mister, mm -hmm, and so yeah. on, and it's a cyclops creature in right. a suit, is how I, I sort of yeah. described it, it was yeah. more than that, but grotesque was a word that sort of came to mind, <laughs> as far as like, it's kind of creepy, yeah. the fact that the creature is a cyclops looking at a little girl, yeah. it's kind of got, it's unusual and unsettling, and I was wondering... Is that a theme that happens on its own? Or do you think, oh, I'm kind of feeling like this one's going to be different. This one's going to be weirder. Yeah. No, I would say that it uh, happens on its own. Mm. It just, uh, I don't really give it too much direction. It just, it, the idea came from somewhere. I don't know where. And uh, just, uh, I just uh, went with it, I guess. And mm -hmm. Yeah. That one's maybe almost, maybe a bit creepy, but almost maybe a bit whimsical or something. Depends what someone finds creepy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and then certainly like the little girl in the picture does not seem afraid. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And it was more. Um, I guess my thoughts on that one was um, here we have this this cyclops type person mm -hmm. who, on first look yeah kind of creepy, but you know he's just this fragile soul. Mm -hmm clutching his teddy bears and he's dropped one teddy bear, right? right? And the little girl is being kind and giving it to him and, and he's almost a little shy. He's, he's, he's thank you and receiving it. And yes. Yeah. There is some storytelling happening. Yeah, there. yeah. Do you think that storytelling is, is, part, is a part of painting or is it just something that happens sometimes? I think storytelling and painting are all together. It is, mm -hmm. they are definitely entwined, yeah. I think every painting is telling a story of some kind. Right. I can definitely see most of the paintings that we can even look at right now are telling a story. Yeah. I mean, with yeah. a possible exception, and this is just because I'm not a painter, maybe landscapes are different. But even then, you're choosing colors. Yeah, you are, yeah, yeah. I guess and you're yeah, trying to create all. a mood. And 
And it's not hard to put yourself in that landscape in some manner and, and right. make your own story within there. Right. What does movement mean to you when you're putting it on your painting? Is it the, the X factor? Like that's what you've got to capture to make that painting alive? Or? For me, you have to capture that movement and that movement has to express something, some kind of right. emotion or the basic idea of what you're what you're trying to say. And uh, what I, as a painter, see from this may not be the same what you do as what you, the viewer, sees. And that's okay. Like, it may mean something totally different to you than right. it does to me. And, and really, I, what's important is uh, the viewer's interpretation of what they get out of this. And, uh, but I mean, if you, the, the hollow woman here, she, there is a sensuality to it. And, uh, a certain abandon as well, but to right. me also a bit of a bit of sadness. Like uh, she's given her all, and and life maybe has not been so easy for her, and has done right. some hollowing out of her. And but yet there she's she's still she's still doing her dance, even though she, life has really hollowed her out in some ways. In a 2D, 2D, really? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, oh, I think that kind of, that's, I, I would imagine when people are trying to paint, it's a lot of what they're trying to get to. Yes. Uh, or, if you're out looking for some art, from looking for some art for yourself, that would really speak to you. Yes, that's right, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of emotion goes into creating that piece of art. Do you feel... Sometimes, sometimes after I'm done, actually I'm quite exhausted, and uh, I need to take a break from the whole thing. <laughs> so where do you like to go when when you feel like wrung out? Uh, I uh, I actually do a lot of walking now. I'm starting to do biking, and, mm. and I mean I do try to stay physically active all the time anyway. But when I'm in that break period, I do a lot more of that. Well, because you are originally from Manitoba. Yes. Whereabouts? Various places, but uh, we, when we left Manitoba to come here, we uh, were living in a small community, near a small community called Steinbach. Okay. And, but grew up in various areas of uh, Manitoba. My dad was a teacher, and we moved around mm -hmm. a lot from place to place and spent a lot of years in the interlake region. That's the region between Lake Manitoba and Lake, Mani Lake Winnipeg, which is where I met my wife. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you're never far from water in Manitoba. Right, there's the, tons of water. Sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of water, yeah. Is that rainbow trout kind of country? Is that uh, I don't really know what all they catch. A pickerel, okay. jackfish. Uh, I have never been, and I certainly never had a chance, done a lot of fishing in, on the prairies, I guess I yeah. would say. Is Manitoba still prairies? Or is that yeah, it is still prairies, okay. yeah. yeah. Is it as extreme, at least in the winter, as people think it is? It is very much so. It's actually, it's uh, very cold in the winter and very hot in the summer. Right? So when I travel, I don't know about you, but I don't like having every day like broken down. Yeah. Like this hour we're here, this hour we're there. I like the freedom in, in the schedule. And that could be even in Europe. Like you got to leave an afternoon open for spontaneity. Right. And I'm doing that with my life. It's a little bit crazy, I guess. Well, I don't think that's crazy. When uh, the kids were younger, sometimes we would uh, hook up the camper and uh, to hook up the trailer to go for a two-week vacation somewhere. And we, we wouldn't have uh, the where picked up. Yeah. We'd get to the end of the driveway, we'd all look at each other and say left or right. And somebody would say left or right, and that's where we'd go. Yeah. Uh, and we spent sometimes like a couple weeks just doing that, and who knows where you end up. But... but Every day is, well, I wonder where we'll end up today. It was, a, it was an interesting way to do it. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'd like to try that when I have kids. Yeah. Try the same thing. They'd be more interested yeah. in where we're going. It brings a, a sense of adventure into it's it. It's a sense of adventure, yeah. which, like, you have to have a sense of adventure with the open road and, like, a 
travel trailer. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's ideal. It is. I, I parted ways with my travel trailer a couple of years ago, mainly because I don't have a truck anymore. Yeah. But it's a lot better. My girlfriend would not be pleased to hear this. I don't really like tents. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of miss that whole, I mean, look, if it's raining, you can go under the trailer. It's a hard, you know, I like animals, yes. but I don't like the idea that they can just like use a claw to open to the come tent. In, to yeah. come in anytime they want. Anytime they want. <laughs> yeah. I want them to, to know where they're going to be. Right. You want a boundary there. I do. Yeah. And, you know, this kind of cheesy, whatever, that's how it is. I, my, my friend asked me, like, can we take the dog camping? I'm like, no. And it's not like I won't. I'm just saying, when I was a little kid, our family dog, like, we were camping out in the backyard in the tent. The family dog ran around the corner, wanted to play with us, and just made its own door. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you know how easy that can happen. It's so easy. <laughs> The last thing you want is like your dog in the tent to hear like a squirrel. I know. At two a.m. and then it's just gone. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if you're in the tent, even something like a squirrel sounds really loud. It does. And you think that sounds like a bear. Because your rat brain <laughs> remembers <laughs> like thirty thousand years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you need, maybe you need a camper van, which is still very easy and. Uh, that would actually be yeah, really nice. It's a good compromise there. I feel like. Especially right now, hard to find because there's such a big compromise. Yeah, yeah. If you go online, people are converting all kinds of vans to like campers. Yeah. It's almost like a it's a badge right now, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, deck it out with all your own custom material, which is cool. But yeah, those are like those Ford, like the Conline vans and stuff. Right. People are just. Yeah, we had one put couple years ago just sold it a while ago we, did you but we spent a lot of time in that you know with the vancouver island a number of times and i yeah, think it's, it's a great way to do it yes yeah. I, I would agree i mean my grandparents have a class c or no 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 they moved up they've got like a bus okay yeah one of those yeah. motor homes yeah great for them yeah probably not so good for me yeah uh i would love to do the van thing yeah or even to have i don't know like there's not many cars where you can <laughs> physically like have like a bed and like a cooking setup did you have a cooking setup yeah when you were well, not really we had the co cooking stuff with us but we cook outdoors oh yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah even that would be fine it would be okay yeah but even like some grand caravans or something those sort of vans are good enough if you just want the bed in there you know, it's it true it doesn't have to be too much and they're cheap yeah that's right there's tons vehicles. of them around yeah well you sort of came to know Alberta because you took some vacations yes. out here, right? Yeah. What were, like, the highlights of those? Usually we went to the mountains. Right. Uh, sometimes Jasper, but mostly we went to Banff. Sometimes Waterton. Yeah, always mountains. Waterton's and, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you... So what made you choose Red Deer? Yeah, at that time I actually took a... I checked out uh, work opportunities out here. And hmm. I checked out Edmonton and Calgary and Red Deer. And... Uh, Decided on Red Deer just because it was a little smaller and uh, it seemed to have a little more of that small town feel. It a little does. more laid back than Calgary and Edmonton. Well, I was first here in 06 and it felt, it depended where you were in town, some parts felt like a gold rush. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, like that anymore, but it also felt, compared to Calgary and Edmonton, like you say, yeah. a lot more mellow. And I would say it feels smaller than it is. Yes, I think it's that's right. Yes, it's actually a fair-sized city. Yeah. Think. Yeah, but even just downtown, the the, par the, the diagonal parking, it's all, all kind of has a small town feel. It does. Yeah. Have you been to Lacombe much? A few times. That's a nice little town it too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Very picturesque. I know, and again, like I didn't really appreciate it until I was up there, like on a really nice day where yeah. everyone's out and it's got all those brick buildings. Yes. Beautiful homes there. Yeah. yeah, a lot of nice older, beautiful homes. It would actually be a really nice place to end up. Yeah, it Again, would. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. But yeah, 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 it, it is it nice. Would be cool. Yeah. How's it going out there, Michael? You're flying a very well. Just talking to a few interesting people in our building. Oh, nice. Very nice. Do you need a, a drink? Yeah. 
Love abides, and what prompted you to put text on the page? Well, what started that painting was um, what my wife was saying. Why don't you do something a little nice, or not quite so dark, or a little, <laughs> a little, <Right. laughs> a little prettier? And she said, maybe something like umbrellas. I like umbrellas, she says. So. I started with umbrellas, but of course, <laughs> then it morphed into its own thing anyway, yes. right? So I started with umbrellas, and of course, then it did become strange, not just pretty umbrellas. Mm -hmm. So the, that's how that one started. And the words, actually, I, I have some um, prints for sale at the Bina Studio in Bauer Place. And um, mm. the person who runs it there, B, she uh, suggested I, I put some some words on the painting, she says, that might make it more interesting. And I said, huh, maybe so. So I, so I thought I'd give it a try. So yeah. th that's how that got to be there. It's It must be nice to be cool at experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to try different things for sure. And I got a lot of good responses on that painting. Really. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's not probably... I would have never expected, like, if you would describe what this painting was about, yes. I wouldn't have expected it to look this way. Yeah. I mean, for instance, that their shirts are kind of almost like becoming rags right. and falling off them yeah. because of time passing. I yes, assume. exactly. Yeah. But it does have, uh, it has that edge to it. Yeah, it's, it's that's not right. Quite it's, it's not just cute. It's not Hallmark. It's not, no, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. at the same time, that stuff, some people really like that. Wouldn't that be good for a wedding invitation? Image on a wedding invitation? Probably. I have no <laughs> idea. For the right people. For the right <laughs> people. I, yes. Yeah. I, actually, I should just say yes because it's about character. Yeah. And It's interesting. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, they could then sort of plan other parts of the wedding around that. Right. Which would be kind right. of fun. Maybe they wouldn't dress like that. Maybe not. No. Gee, if people are doing underwater weddings. That's stuff, true. Anything goes. They, yes. Yeah. yeah. I saw that you were using uh, red bubbles as well. Yes, that that's right. right. Yeah. How yeah. are they to deal with? Um, easy to deal with, but uh, I haven't had huge response on that. Mm -hmm. There's been a little bit of sales on there, but but not very much. I've never. I've only cruised it, so I don't yeah. really know how. When it comes to as a vendor or yeah. As an artist, I don't know what the experience is like. I mean, because every every sort of online way of selling yeah. seems to be different. Yeah, and I get out of the the sale of an item there, I get very little right. Money, right. money that's the other it. thing. But yeah. they're of course they're they're doing the work there. They're putting it on a on a paper or in a mm. frame, and they're mm. sending it out, and they're doing all that. So so I understand that. But as a way to make money, right? Unless you sold huge quantities, you're not going to make mo enough money to there. That's an interesting question, hey, about, because I, a lot, a lot of the reason I thought that these podcasts were going to help people out, or at the very least be inspiring, is because lots of folks, I think, want to think of their creativity in new ways. Yeah. What can they do with it, and what sort of ways can they, they get more out of it? Mm -hmm. And... Earning income off that is definitely a real thing. It is. But it's a challenge, too, partly, I think, because there's so many different... People perceive there's a lot of different ways to go about it. And it can be hard to be like, do I go the gallery route? Right. Do I go the yeah. online sales? Do I need like this sort of structure helping me, or can I do it by myself? Yeah. 
to a degree, I guess, once you're in the business, you probably learn a bit about it and feel your way around. But I don't know, how have you found that? Like, did you, did you plan to sell them? Yes, I always wanted to sell them. Um, there's a certain um, sense of, okay, I guess I'm doing something worthwhile if someone's mm. willing to buy it. <clears throat> An affirmation, I guess, of sure. the worth of what I'm doing. Um, so, yeah, I definitely like to sell them, but that is very slow. Right. Yeah. It's great to be in a gallery here at Michael's Gallery. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, it's particularly in this prison time, people aren't really out there spending money. So it, it is pretty tough. Prints sell a little bit better than that than the originals do. It's interesting. Yeah. Good to know. But you know, just people can spend twenty five dollars on a printer, but maybe they don't want to spend six hundred dollars on an original. So, so I do get that. For sure. Yeah. For sure, and it, it's understandable. I mean, it's your discretion how many prints and, and yes, exactly. And that's, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. That gives you a lot of flexibility. Right. Right. Yeah. What sort of advice do you think you would give yourself like five years ago four years five ago years ago um, that's a good question um, perhaps be a little bolder with getting out there just kind of putting yourself mm -hmm. out there just to dare to do things like say do an interview with a local right. magazine <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, so just be a little maybe just be a little a little more putting oneself out there. That's no, interesting. Be, be yeah. vulnerable in that way. Just put yourself out there and right. see what happens. Yeah, I imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in some ways, if you're, if you're thinking about exposure, it can probably feel like a big job. For me, that is a big job. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's not something I really do naturally, and it's not something I... Like, I don't really enjoy social media like Instagram or Facebook. I do that because it you know, seems like that's necessary, but I don't really enjoy that at all. I never met anyone who does. No, why do we all bother with it? Not well. <laughs> well, I guess because the idea is that it's got lots of utility and it's affordable, mm -hmm. sort of low cost. Yeah, it sure is, yeah. I mean, I know folks who, who went to college for it. Yeah. So I guess they're a little bit more, you know, adept at using it. Right. Uh, they know like the techniques and stuff. As far as I can see, it didn't make them love it more. Right. And what I've also heard is that it's not really a magic bullet when it comes to any part of yeah. on your side of like being the artist. It doesn't really change how you make your art or, or any right. of that stuff. So right. what came up? Yeah. You know that you mentioned that some folks had, had said, Oh, that looks like a, an angel. A falling angel. Kind of having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of whatever you want it to be, too. Right? It is. And actually, I like the idea of a falling angel as well. And that, that works also. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll rename it. Well, you could. I could do. And it wouldn't change anyone's no. sort of read of the. No. What's going on there? Yeah. Because uh, what, what I thought when I was painting it was a shame of Icarus. You know, like just his posture there and how he's looking like. Like he's experiencing some uh, anguish, yeah, in, in his in his body posture and a bit of his face that you see, and uh, he's been so foolish and prideful as to fly too close to the sun, and now he's now he's feeling the shame of his fall. But that would work for a fallen angel as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of interesting yeah. how both those stories are so close. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're related in some manner. I. You never know. <laughs> it seems like you see that theme of people with wings a lot. Yes. In sort of fantasy yeah. and that. So yeah. there's got to be something there. Yeah, we have a fascination with that, don't we? I, yeah, yeah, it seems to be. Yeah. Just like everyone wants, like, if they had a superpower, it's like, how awesome do you think? Yeah. Oh, I wish I could fly. Right, right. So, yeah. whatever that means. And flying jeans. Yeah. yeah. Those sure are always all amazing. Those. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever get inspiration for paintings like from a dream? I have sometimes. Um, that one that Michael has here, that is, is uh, not a painting, it's just a pencil, uh, graphite, and it's the uh, the one with the baby wrapped up in uh, barbed wire. Yes. And yep. that actually was from a dream, o almost, almost oh. exactly from a dream. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
an unsettling one, but it was, yeah, yeah, it was an unsettling one. I was gonna ask you about that one because I, I wrote down the title of it, and it is. And now I don't. What is it called again? I can't remember myself now. So I can Good probably, Lord. I can probably tell you in a moment. When a soul screams. When a soul screams. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was looking at your Instagram page and I was seeing there's all kinds of, there's, there's flight, there's movement, mm -hmm. there's also, like I said earlier, like the grotesque and then kind of the horror side, which is not, yeah. you weren't going for a genre, it's just that the picture has that rawness. Right. Yeah. 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 A bit of a, bit of a dark edge, perhaps. But themes do have that edge. They do, yeah. And then, yeah. I guess, why not if, if you build it on in the picture if you, if That's you right. want? That's right, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of scary to think about <laughs> how much time you might have to spend with that upsetting material, you know? That's right, yeah. <laughs> First you wake up screaming in the night because of the dream, and then you got to paint it yet. So there's this one here, the endless. I was going to mention that to you. Like, uh, you can see there's that elephant sitting on there. Yes. There's a, like this growth coming out of this egg from this elephant. And it, just with respect to like um, how the painting really becomes a master. I painted this thing here. The thought came to put that elephant on there. Mm -hmm. But then I'm thinking, that makes no sense. That is just silly. Why would there be an elephant on there? So I didn't put it on there. I just carried on. But it kept coming back. And at one point I actually sketched it on there. But then... That just doesn't make any sense. It's going to ruin this painting to put that elephant on here. That can't be there. And so I took it off again. But then <laughs> but it wouldn't go away, right? <laughs> and so eventually I had to put that elephant on. And now I don't mind that it's there, even though I don't know why it's there, but it just had to be there. This one's called The Endless. Yeah. And if you're on Gordon's Instagram page, find the painting called The Endless and find the elephant. Because yeah. that elephant went through a lot. <laughs> To elephant get worked hard to get on there. It insisted. There's probably like, I think it's weird to think like if you like a Beethoven symphony to think of that as pop music because like when it came out it was. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's going to the concert to hear like this new pop. <laughs> and the reason it's cool is because they need a hundred like they need an orchestra because no one's got a, a speaker, no right. one's got an amplifier. Yes. So yeah. what, how do you listen to music? You gotta go somewhere. <laughs> you right, know? Yeah. How crazy is yeah. that? How crazy is that? Yeah. But it's yeah. just how much has changed. Sure That's why has. when like people like think of what's it gonna be in a hundred years, I have no idea. It's gonna be pretty cool though. It's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of VR. I. Yeah. Yeah. Just how how it's, it seems inevitable. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. The, the between what's real and not real will become yeah. a little blurred or. They'll it seems pretty, fit, yeah. fit together there somehow. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, I hope not, but I feel like a lot of stuff will just happen from your room at home, but you're like, yes, yeah. It's like the, ma the Matrix, you're like plugged in to something else. And I mean, it makes sense. Then I'm never going to pay for a pilot's license. Right. But I'll fly a fake one. That'd be great. All day it? long, yeah. 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 It'd be great for the introverts of the world. It will. Yeah. <laughs> it, it <laughs> I don't know if it will. Is like because I've had times where I felt very introverted, yes. And I don't like thinking of it as something that it's not something that has to be cured, unless right. you want it to be, yeah. But I do feel for anyone who, like, they keep running up against that boundary and they feel like they, they can't find pursuits that they enjoy because of that, right? Yeah, I'm not saying there's something wrong with them, but it's like, what do you do? Yeah, it just seems even more difficult. It can have its gifts as well as its limitations, right? And yeah. And I suppose one could say the same for extroverts, right? Yeah. But anywhere along that spectrum, it's got its gifts, but it's also got its uh, challenges. It does. I mean, I feel like artists come from all over that spectrum, yeah. right? Yeah. But you got to be able to spend three hours practicing art by drawing by yourself. Right, right. Or else it's not getting anywhere. <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. listen to music? Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I like uh, rock music. And probably a couple of my favorite song songs are uh, "Painted Black" by the nice. Stones, and uh, maybe another one would be um, "Lust for Life" by Iggy Pop. Kind of range of music I like. I've never found a kind of music that like a single kind of music that when I listen to it, it was new music for me, like it creative music right. for me, but. Can find something that works for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, most of the time I just work in silence, but there are times when I it is nice to have music playing. And do you get that thing where you look at the clock and it's been two hours? And you that that does happen. Yeah. That's usually a good sign. Yeah, that's right. You're kind of <laughs> into it. You're in the flow there somehow. The f- yeah, I know. And on the one hand, it's horrible because people always talk about the flow state and how there's this big to do. Does it feel like it ruins something when everyone's talking about it? There's <laughs> like it's a million a bucks. So yeah, yeah. But in all seriousness, the the idea that you can find a flow state is really yeah. It's excellent. I think you asked me once, like, did I ever get in a flow state as a musician? Yeah. Eh, usually not. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But sometimes, and I think it's a good, useful way of finding out what you enjoy doing. Yes. It doesn't mean that you are you don't need to work on your, your thing, but it's a great way of finding out like if something means something to you. Yeah, if, if there's actually some connection with yeah, it for you there. Yes. Exactly. Actually I think that's a great point. If uh, finding a connection to something out there in the world, like if you're looking for something to do, I wanna feel I wanna feel a connection with something. Mm-hmm. What is something you do that time just flies when you do it? Except video games, like well, I guess there's, yeah, that's right. Or uh, that's true. It's not always a good thing because sometimes I can get down this, uh, I guess, a rabbit hole of reading uh, news mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing you know, an hour's gone by and I've been looking at these news stories on my phone. Yeah, it's not really a great use of my time either. Can you imagine how bad that's going to be when everyone's like virtual reality up, like, right. like plugged into stuff? That's like, right. I just want to like, I just want to drive muscle cars all day long. So you got all your VR right. fake non-existent muscle cars jumping like a 59 charger and well, maybe the price to pay will that be pay will be that you have to have commercials coming in all the time ads oh so you're no. doing your thing and then there's all these ads coming all the time that's exactly what's gonna happen <laughs> that's what will happen yes they'll make you live the ad yeah you'll have to use the slap shot right. like you can't it's not enough to watch yeah, exactly <laughs> that's horrible yes there'll be like taste tests like try this new like McCain super fries. And of course, you will be able to taste it because that will be the technology at that point. That's going to be game over. Yeah. Then it's time to move back in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my roommate always talks about. I laugh at him. I don't laugh at him, but I'm like, okay, yeah. Kind of lonely out there in the woods. But yeah. at least you won't be in the nature. That's right. Is he a survivalist? Borderline. Yeah. yeah he's got a borderline case of it for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. It's not such a bad idea. No, it, it isn't actually. In, a lot of those skills are not very common. Right. I would love to just, I mean, like, again, if I had the money, spend six months at like a, learning like how do you do, how do you build a cabin and, right. and all that sort right. of, you know, yeah. I mean, it's that Ron Swanson stuff where you're like, you know how to do, you can skin a deer. Right, or right exactly, stuff. yeah. You can survive in the woods with a, a knife and a. Basically. You, can, you know how to build like all the, the, the ways of cooking underground right. and yeah. how to find water. It would be fun to do for six months. Yeah, I'd probably hate it after six yeah. months. <laughs> no showers. <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> no running water. Yeah, it would. The only way it would be tolerable for six months is if you live next to water. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Polynesians probably had it real good, like South right. Pacific. Yes. The ocean's also scary. Stuff will eat you in there. Stuff will eat you. <laughs> There's that horrible... The whole idea of the fact that you're like in the path of a typhoon one night and you, you don't have weather forecasts, so it's right. just like, oh, it's looking bad now. That's right, And it yeah. just gets worse and worse. Yeah. And worse. I feel like everyone you talk to, like winters used to be hardships. Yeah. Even this winter, this winter... It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And to think of... Like even months where it didn't get above like minus 20 yes yeah yeah terrible that would be terrible yeah yeah 
and the healing was wood. And the healing, well, that's just so much more work. Yeah, exactly. It was work all the time. Work all the time, yeah. yeah. So that, that's why, like, when people say they're a survivalist, I guess now is a good time to be a survivalist because you can have canned food. Yes, that's true. Firearms. Yeah. You got all your... You have big, huge advantages already in that regard. Mm-hmm. You could um, do guests. Yeah. Yeah. All the modern sort of stuff. Yes. Have a four by four if you want. That's right. <laughs> Survivalist doesn't quite mean the same thing somehow. Then no, it right. doesn't. And that's why people would laugh at me if I say like, "Oh, I like camping in an RV." And I'm like, right. That's not camping. Yeah. No, I guess not. But it's still good. But it's, it's, it's still fun. Thing. Yeah. And you're still out on the road seeing different places. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it is. Maybe my last question would be, as far as if if people want to see your artwork, like where should they go? Well, right here at uh, Aplos Gallery is a great place to go and see it there. And if you get a chance to go to the library and uh, when it opens up and check out the Kiwanis Gallery down there. I also have a couple pieces at Meeting Waters Cafe. Oh, good. And uh, it's a great little, great little restaurant here it in is. town. And uh, other places, some prints at the Bee Nest Studio in Bower Place. So those Excellent. are the places one could go. <laughs> yeah, and I have some hanging in my home if anybody... Ever really wanted to, they're welcome to come and see him there as well. Excellent. I will make sure to put uh, in the description of this podcast, I'll make sure to put your uh, Instagram address so that they know how to spell it. Thanks so much for talking with us today. Well, thank you. It's been really good. I've enjoyed it. This brings us to the end of the show. I want to send a huge thank you to Gord Klassen and also to Michael and Randy at A Plus Art Gallery. We couldn't do any of this without their generosity and support, and we appreciate it so much. Please check the show description for more information about Gordon's latest creations, or if you want to find out more about 8 Plus Art Gallery, which is always worthwhile. If you wish to send more fan mail to BRD, just find us on social media or our website. My name is Stuart. You have a great day.